0: So when are things ever going to get back to normal? I don't know about you, but I'm just ready for that. As a matter of fact, thinking back, if I'm to be completely honest, when all of this uh, pandemic stuff started, it was almost a welcome to have a change in routine. It was almost okay to have something different along. I just kind of like that. But frankly, after months, I'm tired of different. I'm ready for things to get back to normal. However, I'm also more convinced as this time goes along that the pundits are maybe we're right that things may never get back to normal. And perhaps we do really need to prepare ourselves for a new normal, whatever that new normal may look like, I, I'm not really sure. However, I want to take a moment, if I could, this morning and use that buzzword for a moment and think about a new normal. But I want to think about it in regard to our spiritual life, in regards to our spiritual journey. You know, really and truly, when we come to faith in Christ, when, when we uh, begin a, a journey with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all of our life takes on a new normal, Because suddenly the things that were normal are no longer or should no longer be normal. And and things that we do as followers of Christ that should be normal were not anywhere near normal to our old way of living. Paul the Apostle described it this way He said that coming to faith in Christ means that we are a new creation. Old things are passing away and all things are becoming new. So as followers of Christ, we should be embracing the new normal or the norm of Christianity. And part of those normals, one of those normals is in regard to the discipline of prayer that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. But I want to introduce you to a thought this week about prayer in regard to prayer that uh, may even be a new normal for you in prayer. I don't know. Maybe if you've read your New Testament often, perhaps you've come across this verse or this thought um, that we're going to be looking at today. If not, we may be introducing you to a new normal in your prayer life. Certainly something that's a little bit different. It it, it really becomes a big idea of what we want to talk about today. And it's this thought, pray constantly, pray constantly. Constantly. Now, I'll get back to that, but let me just recap in case you've missed where we've been the last few weeks. We've been talking about the fact or trying to settle the question does prayer really matter? We know it's important, but does it matter? And maybe we're really honestly trying to zero that in for each one of us individually. For you, does prayer matter? To me, does prayer really matter? And the resounding answer each week has been, yes. We see that prayer matters because it mattered to Jesus. Jesus expected his followers to pray. It's not, it was a given to him in his way of thinking. When he taught the disciples to pray, he didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray, here's how to pray. The anthem, the disciples, the earliest disciples, prayer matters was a resounding yes to them because of all the things they could have asked the Lord, they asked Him, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, Prayer must have mattered to them. Uh, Last week we saw the Apostle Paul get into our picture and we saw that Paul. To Paul, prayer mattered. In fact, he wrote about it in all of his letters and and emphasized it over and over and over again and obviously practiced it as well. So yes, prayer matters. So today, I want to go back to one of Paul's writings to talk about this discipline of prayer and this idea of prayer matters and to address this new normal in prayer because we're going to find Paul saying to the early church, specifically the church in Thessalonica, that we should not only pray, but we should pray constantly. (laughs) Not only does prayer matter, Paul said, Prayer matters most. And last week we saw that he said, put prayer first. First of all, pray. And now today he says, not only does prayer matter, prayer matters so much that we need to pray constantly. So let's take a look, if we could, in, in, into Paul's letter to the uh, Thessalonicans. And as he reads to the Thessalonians, he, as he addresses them, he's drawing to an end, a conclusion, his first letter to them, and he mentions some imperatives. There's some short, pithy little sayings, imperatives, that are, that are easy to remember, and he mentions in the text, I want to read to you, three of them. Let's read it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Here's what he says. He says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, you see I've highlighted. Pray constantly. I would love to address all three of those imperatives, but this morning I want to drill down on that middle one. I want to drill down on that second thought because that's an intriguing thought to me. Pray constantly. Now, that's a new normal for my way of thinking, because when I think about praying, remember there's a time in my life when, to me, praying was something you did three times a day. You did it at the breakfast table, lunch table, and dinner table. I mean, that's actually, to me, it was lunch, dinner, and supper. But anyway, you get the idea. We prayed when we blessed the food. That's when I learned to pray. Or I would pray in Sunday school or I would pray at church or eventually I got to where I could pray in my own time and in my own life. But usually that was like, oh yeah, let's do that in the morning or maybe at night before I go to bed. I mean, we even train our children that way, really, right? We gathered our children and before you go to school, we gather together as a family and pray. Before you go to bed, let's say our nighttime prayers. And I'm good with that. And I think that's a good practice. I'm not dissing that. I'm just saying... Paul has given us a new normal. He says we ought to pray constantly. Now, I don't know about you, but immediately questions come to my mind and thoughts come to my mind and, and objections, frankly, come to my mind. How can I pray constantly? How can I pray when I'm in the middle of a mathematical equation that I'm trying to figure out and I'm not good at math anyway? How, how can I pray when I'm trying to figure out the right grammatical structure for a sentence when I'm not good at grammar anyway? How do I pray constantly when I'm in an argument with someone, right? How do I pray constantly when I'm in communication with my wife or my kids? How do you pray constantly? And yet, I think Paul is very clear when he says, pray constantly. Some versions say, pray without ceasing. Maybe if you've been raised on other of those, that's the word that comes to mind, pray without ceasing, that may be even more difficult to understand. How do I pray without ceasing? And yet, frankly, the word in the original language helps us to get an idea, I think, for what he means by praying without ceasing, by praying constantly. Maybe you're asking yourself right now, can I possibly pray constantly Is that a realistic thing for me? I don't really think so. Well, I believe it is if we come to an understanding of what it means to pray constantly. Now, frankly, we got some help this week. We get some help this week from a very well-noted and well-respected theologian, author, uh, pastor, John Piper, maybe you are familiar with his, re- his writings and have read some of his stuff. Piper suggests three things. Piper himself asked this question, what does it mean to pray without ceasing? He gave, he gave three responses that I think are pretty important for us to hear. He said, first of all, he believes that to pray without ceasing or to pray constantly um, means that we should never give up on prayer, that we should pray over And over and often, and that we should live in a spirit of dependence upon God in everything we do, including prayer. Now, I understand where he's going there, but I want to stop. And really, what I want to do this morning is kind of unpack that thinking, that thought process. Let's think about that just a minute. Let's think about this approach to praying constantly. Okay, now I want to just walk through them with you and let's give it some thought. So the first thing he mentions is we should never give up on prayer. Now that's a big one. Never give up on prayer. Got a question for you. Let's just be honest. Have you ever given up on prayer? You know, let's just be honest, okay? Take your church faces off. Let's be really honest. Have you given up on prayer? Maybe you were praying about a certain situation. Maybe it was a job. You just knew that you were, this job was available, and you wanted this job, and you prayed for this job, and you prayed often, and you prayed hard, and, and yet nothing happened, and nothing happened, and nothing happened, and finally you just gave up on prayer? Or maybe it's a relationship that you have with someone. Maybe it's one of your children, and you've been praying for one of your children forever and ever and ever to to do this or to do that and finally just give up. It's just not going to happen. Maybe you've been praying about a certain house that you wanted. I don't know. Maybe you've been praying for someone's physical condition. Or maybe you've been praying about someone's spiritual condition. And you just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing seems to happen, so you just give up on prayer. Paul is saying, I believe, when he says pray constantly, I believe he's telling us, don't give up on prayer. Now, I want to be honest with you this morning, and as transparent as I can be to say, I can remember a time in my life, maybe more, when I've given up on prayer right? Now, why do you give up on prayer? Now, I I, want to clarify. When I say, did you give up on prayer? I don't mean necessarily, did you walk away from faith? I'm not saying necessarily that you had to not believe in God. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think what we give up on is what we're praying for, which leads us to immediately or eventually say that prayer just doesn't, it doesn't seem to be working. I know in my own case, I wasn't mad at God, In this instance, I have been before, but not in the instance I'm thinking about. I I hadn't quit believing in God. I hadn't lost my faith in God, my faith in, in the gospel. I hadn't lost my faith in any of those things. I just began to wonder, well, does prayer matter? If God is God and I'm just little me, what difference could it make for my prayer Does Is God looking from a distance? I began to ask those questions. And could it be, does my prayer really matter? And of course, that was spurred on by the fact that there were some things I was praying about that just weren't happening. And so the tendency was to want to give up on prayer. I think we often do that. I think there are times when we give up because what we have been praying about doesn't seem to happen, doesn't seem to move in the direction as quickly as we think it should, and so we get discouraged. Paul is saying when he says to pray constantly, don't give up on prayer, don't quit, don't Stop. I'm not going to tell the story again, but perfect example is the story of George Mueller that we looked at last week, and we saw how he was praying for the salvation of friends, five friends in particular and specifically, and it took years for that to become a reality. Mueller would never quit. What about us? Sometimes I'm afraid we do. Second thing I want you to see we should pray over and over and often. Pray over and over and often. Actually, this word without ceasing, as I said a moment ago, in the original language, comes to have the idea of praying over and over and over often. It's used in Romans 1-9 where Paul says, For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness to how unceasingly I make mention of you. Not sure that Paul was talking about the fact that he mentioned the Romans in every breath that he took, but the idea was, I am mentioning you to the Father over and over and over and often. I believe we should pray <clears throat> over and over often. I think Jesus taught us that, right? We saw that a couple of weeks ago when Jesus said to his disciples when he was teaching them on prayer. If you recall, we we talked about the fact that the use of the the verbs there was telling the tense because the the real rendering, the real translation of what he said was, when you pray, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, the implication is that we don't ask one time, we don't knock one time, we don't seek one time, but rather it becomes the, the attitude of our heart, the, the posture of our spirit, it becomes our daily routine, it becomes a part of who we are, and that we pray constantly, that is, over and over and often. So how, what does it mean to pray regularly? It means don't give up on prayer. It means pray over and over and often. And then third, very important, it teaches us or it says that we should depend on God. We should depend on God. We come to the place that we have the spirit of dependence upon God. Now, I know that this seems elementary to some of you who've been followers of Christ for a long time, and I guess intellectually it is very simple and easy to understand and easy to follow and very foundational, and yet... I think when, we come to, when it comes to real dependence upon God and really understanding what dependence on God is, it becomes very difficult to live out in practice. We like to be in control, right? I mean, I'm the worst. If Beth and I are riding, I'm the worst. I want to drive. Why? Because I want to be in control. We all like to be in control. Even those of us who would deny it. I promise you, I can find areas where you like to be in control. And I'm confident in this matter of prayer. There are many times that we feel like we're in control. We have things under control. And therefore, we have um, come to the conclusion that when we pray is when we lose control. As long as I've got everything in control, I don't need to pray. But when I lose control, when a crisis arises, when a situation arises that I can't handle, then immediately I drop to my knees in prayer. Why? Because we haven't learned this idea that we should be in a constant spirit of dependence upon God that brings us to the place of trust. And yet that's exactly where we need to be where our default for every situation, for everything we face, for every decision we make, for every opportunity that arises, for every walk and step that we take, our default thinking is, oh God, in the sense of prayer. Oh God, lead me in this decision. Oh God, guide my steps. Oh God, walk with me through this path. This this dependence, this constant, utter dependence upon God, is so important to our minds and our hearts because it teaches us trust. Am I willing to trust God wherever He takes me? Am I willing to trust God in every situation that He brings me to? I believe this very essence of thinking must permeate our heart in all aspects of our Christian walk, all aspects of our Christian journey. In ministry, I must be completely dependent upon God. In my particular ministry, as I teach, as I pastor, as I lead a church, I must constantly remind myself to be dependent upon God, remind myself to trust God. You say, well, Pastor Eddie, it seems like it's kind of natural in what you do. Not really. Because, see, even pastors, even your pastors, wherever you, you attend church or wherever your church um, um, Partnership is, I'm telling you, we battle with that because why? We want to be in control and we think we can handle this. And, oh, yeah, maybe we better pray. No, we should pray constantly. Why? Because we need to learn to trust God and depend on him completely. Now, in your area of ministry, whether you serve maybe in, a, in kids' ministry, maybe maybe you serve in worship ministry, maybe you serve in student ministry, maybe you serve in community ministry, whatever that is, you're serving as a follower of Christ. You know what? You need to learn a dependence upon God. In your family life, you need to learn dependence upon God. This is in everything that we do because we are totally and utterly dependent upon our Heavenly Father, the same is true of our prayer life. And I really believe this is where Paul's going and what he's trying to arrive at when he tells us that we must learn to pray constantly. Yes, we pray constantly because we never, by never quitting, by never giving up on prayer. We, we, we pray constantly by remembering our dependence on Him so that we trust Him. We pray constantly by praying over and over and over. Where are you in that situation? Are you like many of us typically who pray only in a time of crisis? I remember hearing a story, and uh, the story just stayed in my mind. I never forgot the story. The story actually happened uh, some years back. There was a plane that was coming in for a landing, and uh, as the as the pilot began began to bring the plane into landing, he realized that the landing gear had failed. And, and and as he realized the landing gear had failed, he immediately um, radioed the airport, trying to talk to the tower about what do I do? And immediately he began circling, giving some time for the airport to respond by bringing in the emergency vehicles and by foaming the, the runway, all the time talking to his passengers, as pilots do on that, you know how they somehow keep that monotone, uh, that control, that I'm in control voice. And, and, and they, they began to, to continue their descent, knowing they were about to make what I guess would be considered a crash landing, sliding across the runway with no landing gear in a calm voice that, that stills the thoughts of the people. The pilot is walking them through how they, what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, giving them instruction about buckling their seatbelt and, and bending over and holding their legs just before impact. And the people are taking it in and some of them are scared and some of them are crying and the waitresses, are sc- the waitresses, the sto- The flight attendants are scurrying through the the cabin trying to get everybody settled. and, And everybody quiets as the plane begins to approach the runway. When one more time, the pilot's voice comes calmly over the intercom and says, no kidding, says, according to the rules established by the airlines in Geneva, I should now tell you, you should commence to pray. (laughs) really? I don't think he has to tell me that. I'm already been in that business, right? Why? Because everything is out of control right now. Everything is chaotic, and we don't know what's going to happen when we hit the ground, so it might be a good time to commence to pray. Well, the truth is, every moment is the right time to commence to pray, Not just when we're out of control, it becomes a part of our daily regular dependence upon Almighty God and who He is in our lives. So, I think this is an apt way, a great way to conclude this series on prayer. We've been asking, does prayer matter? Yes, prayer does matter. It mattered to Jesus. It, it mattered to the disciples. It matters because it changes us. It matters because it changes others. It matters because we're commanded. It matters because it's a discipline. It matters because God does hear. And it matters so much that Paul says you should pray constantly. Don't ever quit. Don't ever stop. Pray over and over And often, and depend on God by exercising that moment of prayer, even even when things are not chaotic and out of control. Kind of goes back to what we said last week, and that was that we don't wait until all else fails or when all else fails to pray, but we pray before all else fails. So, I want to kind of finish off this series, if I could by being the voice of that airline pilot. And I want to give permission, not from a Geneva Convention, but from the Word of God. I want to invite you, now is the time to commence to pray. In fact, we believe it so strongly, I really want to cut this message off a little more briefly than I like normally to just give us a time to pray. Uh, You know, we've talked about it, we've learned about it, we've read about it, we've heard about it, we've listened to others tell about it, but maybe we should just do it. So today's takeaway is pretty simple. Let's pray. So let's pray. You say, Pastor Eddie, you mean right now? I mean, yeah, like right now. I I know it seems a little awkward, I know it seems a little different, but yeah, Why don't we just spend a few moments in prayer? Why don't we practice what we've been learning? It's very simple. Prayer is simply communicating with God. You say, but I've never prayed before. I don't know how to pray. Okay, I understand that. But prayer is communicating with God. Very simple. Here's what I'm going to do. I think maybe to help us along a little bit, we to throw some slides up. And, and, and as we look at these slides, I'll just make some suggestions to you about what you might pray about. Now, I'm not telling you to pray about these things. Pray freely what's on your heart. But if, you, if it may help you to have a guide, we'll give you a little simple guide to pray through. Now, truth of the matter is some of you who have been followers of Christ for years are still going to be sitting there thinking, well, I don't know if I can pray very long. You know, I I don't know. I can pray God is great, God is good, but or now, now I lay me down to sleep. So these slides may be helpful to you. They're certainly going to be helpful to me to guide our prayer time. If prayer matters, it's worth spending a few moments actually doing it right now. And frankly, if I'm completely honest, I'm hoping it sets a hunger in your mouth to continue to pray. Not just when a pastor's on the internet, on the TV, on the device, saying, let's pray. But I hope it encourages you to pray constantly, to not give up on prayer, to pray over and over and often, and to depend on God. So join me. You may bow your head. You may watch the TV screen, however you'd like to do it. So Let's pray. Maybe you begin by simply praying to God the Father. Thank Him for who He is and what He's done in your life right now. Spend a few moments there. Who do you know that needs prayer? Pray for them. Pray for them by name. Pray for what they need specifically right now. Open your heart. Right now, open your heart to Him, telling Him the needs pressing on you today. It's not being selfish. He's invited us to pray specifically about our needs. Spend some time just listening. Communication is a two-way street, right? Speaking, but also listening. So spend some time just listening to your Heavenly Father. So, Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching us to pray. Thank you for teaching us, telling us, reminding us that prayer matters. And God, remind us often that we might develop the discipline of praying. Praying first and praying constantly.